everybody, and you are listening to 88.5 FM WCUG's Artist Interview Series presents Standing Room Only. I'm your host, Show, and next to me, I've got my host, Riz. Riz in the studio, and we have Nick Bentley in the studio playing with us today. I'm going to say this. I've been trying to save this and not blow it. My best friend, Nick Bentley, in the studio. <laughs> Thank you so much, Show. Thank you so much, I know, Riz. Right? I'm very happy to be here with my best friend. Welcome. <laughs> Fantastic. So you're going to be here and you're going to be playing about 30 minutes of music. We're going to come back and do an interview. Absolutely. So whenever you're ready, let's just get started. All right. This first song is called uh, Wake Up the Cancer. next song is the radio edit uh, so if you want to hear the real version you can go to spotify and check out the 208 ep this song is called cassandra there's rain coming down on the roof of your car and i'm in the back seat lost in thought how can you hate somebody 
somebody so much and still miss them when they're gone. And we still kiss like lovers and talk like strangers and live like we don't know how this land. Oh, Cassandra, tell me when. Oh, and you take your shirt off and I rub my fingers through your long dark hair. And I'm trying so hard just to make sure you think I don't care That we kiss like lovers and talk like strangers And live like we don't know how this land Oh, Cassandra, tell me when And it's just foggy windows in an empty parking lot when we're done But I'll wait out on the sidewalk After every time we talk So we can kiss like lovers And talk like strangers And live like we don't know how This All right, now we're going to slow it down. <laughs> well, I ain't got money and I ain't got time. And a good paying job is hard to find. And there ain't no money in this guitar I guess I just wasn't born a star So teach me how to know And teach me how to see And teach me how to love The man that I'm supposed to be trade my dreams for a suit and tie And I'll work a cube till the day I die Well the boss makes a dollar and I make a dime That's why I'm starving on the boss man's time So teach me how to know How to see and teach me how to love the man that I'm supposed to be. Trying to figure out Some life lesson I forgot about All alone 
out of scene Teach me how to love The man that I'm supposed to be And if I'm all alone when the light goes out Will anyone ever figure it out? I need to take a sip of water real quick. Hey, and you're listening to 88.5 FM WCUG's Standing Room Only, and we're with Nick Bentley today. Man, it is hot in this studio. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, next up we have a new song that I've written. It's not recorded yet, but it will be soon. This song's called Lonely People. Oh, Eddie lived in a trailer full of people trying to get by. He didn't have her ass for much or nothing. Hot asphalt under his feet in the noonday Georgian heat. He walked along to a job he could care less about. And he said, I swear to God, baby, this is gonna be my year. Pretty soon I won't have to deal with the people around here. Oh, we're gonna celebrate with gas station wine. Living here Oh, Mary had a husband He died a few weeks back And now there's alcohol Climbing up the wall She says, I swear to you, Lord, this is going to be my year. Pretty soon we'll have to deal with the people around here. We'll all go celebrate with gas station wine and beer. Oh, Lord, I hate living here. Living here. 
guitar swap time. I just hit the soundproofing at the top of the studio because I'm too tall. <laughs> tall enough, tall enough, as we would say. Um, so yeah, so thank you everyone for listening. You're listening to 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio's Standing Room Only, brought to you by the Artist Interview Series. I'm your host, Show, and with me I've also got Riz. Hi. And we've got Nick Bentley putting on his headphones very quickly. Very quick. Very quick turnover. <laughs> um, you've got another song for us, uh, about another, about halfway through our set list now, right? Uh, getting there, getting yes, there. I've only got one, two, three, four, five songs left, but All they're right. pretty short. So go ahead and let us know about this next song you got coming up. Okay, so this song uh, is called Chicago. Uh, I wrote it on my back porch uh, at like three in the morning, uh, and I sent a demo to a friend who was like, yeah, that's good enough, I guess. And so I was like, perfect, that's all I need. <laughs> Chicago doesn't care Who you are Where you're from Or how far It took you To get here Chicago doesn't care what you loved What you did Who she was Cause you can run You can run You can run But you'll never be Fast enough Chicago doesn't care That you're using again Where you got the pills If you're sleeping still Chicago doesn't care About the cuts on your arm she doesn't shield you from harm It doesn't shield you from harm And it's finally sinking in That I'm drowning again And I'm never gonna see you No, I'm never gonna see you again Chicago doesn't care who you are, where you're from, who you loved. Chicago doesn't care. Uh, this next song is called uh, Red Roof Inn and the Gideon Bible, and it'll explain itself as I play it. (laughs) 
the door Cover the mirrors I don't want to look at myself anymore I got a head full of doubt And a heart full of hope Yeah, I checked in But I might not be checking out Cause I'm gonna turn This red roof into A tin revival And I'm gonna find Myself In the Gideon Bible And if I don't find just what I'm looking for, I'm going to do something we're both going to regret. There's rain coming down. Outside my window Just like Noah right before the flood I know something's coming I can feel it in my blood And I'm gonna turn This red roof into A tent revival And I'm going to find myself in the Gideon Bible. Oh, if I don't find what I'm looking for, I'm going to do something we're both going to regret. There's pine trees younger than the sins of the man Standing behind the microphone stand Saying, son, you gotta start speaking So he can start listening And I said, well, he better start talking back If I'm finally gonna have something to believe in I'm gonna turn this red
Uh, this next song is called uh, Carpenter Bee. There's a carpenter bee who's stuck in the net that's wrapped around my back porch. And I think he died trying to build a home out of the mess that I made. Oh, and I can't help but feel the same. When I look up to the April sky, I feel myself trying to fly away from this house the time forgot. So you leave your ring on the table, and I put my heart on the shelf, and we'll go down to the market. Pretend like we're both someone else And we're sitting on a six-foot couch A million miles apart And I got nothing left to give you And you're trying not to break my heart And there's no way for me to fix it Baby, I'm sorry, oh, I'm sorry It's a mess, it's a mess, it's a mess So you leave your ring on the table And I'll put my heart on the shelf And we'll go down to the market And pretend like we're both someone else Oh, there's a carpenter bee who died in the net that's wrapped around my back porch And I think he died trying to build a home out of the mess that I made And I can't help all right we're just having a fun time you know i've always been told that i'm just too happy all the time that's that's what i've been told now this is a brand new song it's called um someone you used to love I looked at myself just a little too long in the mirror the other day And I came to the realization I was staring at a stranger's face And I guess starting over is just something that I haven't found Guess it's just one of those dreams you can't seem to run down Well the pills help me sleep 
And they keep me from tearing myself all apart It's hard getting sober It's even harder learning where to start Now I wish I was famous So I wouldn't be an addict I'd be mysterious Oh, my life would be tragic And I could get back To being someone you love Feel the weight of a guilty conscience Sitting on your shoulder Pour the whiskey in your coffee When you realize you've forgotten Just how to hold her Take the medicine That she needs To help her Well it's not like she needs or can take seen a medicine anyway well I wish that I was famous then I Be an addict My life would be tragic I'd be mysterious Oh, and baby I could get back To being someone you loved Someone you need Someone to hold you Someone who feels like They can finally Be the one To say It's okay to breathe Someone you love Someone you loved. Hey everybody, and you are listening to 88.5 FM WCUG Cougar Radio. This is the WCUG Artist Interview Series, Standing Room Only. I'm your host, Show. We've got our co-host. Riz. And we've got Nick Bentley in the studio closing out with one last song. Yeah. And uh, while Nick is prepared for everything, thank you all so much for listening, all of you listening live, all of you here today live in the studio. Uh, thank you all so much for supporting local music. Give yourselves a round of applause for listening to all this. <laughs> there we go. We all feel satisfied in this moment. Um <laughs> So then um, my guitar strap. we're going to be broke. taking a little bit of a break in a little bit, and we'll be back with an interview with Nick Bentley. We're going to sit down and just talk for a while. Yeah. Um, obviously, we've got some good questions coming up, oh, I'm, I'm sure. I'm so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so go ahead, set us up. What's your final song? Yeah, my final song is Rabbit Hole, and you can stream the electric guitar version of this now at Spotify. Uh, artist named Nick Bentley. You'll get access to all the songs that I've played uh, today that are on the 208 EP and this song. So I'm very happy to play it for you. Anyway, here's Rabbit Hole.
88.5 FM WCG Cougar Radio. I'm, I'm show. I've got Riz. Riz, Nick, thank you so much. We're going to be back for an interview, so grab a seat, sit back down. We'll be back with an interview with Nick Bentley here on Standing Room Only. Walking around, feeling the ground Making me feel like she can be found But you're not near At first glance, it's a chance Caught in a trance, now we've gone some Place so queer And now they say that you found anything Everything you could have wanted Maybe you'll find I don't mind Maybe you'll find Kids in the mud, feet in the tub You're all alone, time to atone For all you've done you appear aghast, my dear, a fear that you may not appear to care 
for the wine It's broken, you see What have we done? Maybe you should sit in all your way It's no longer for my sake Maybe you'll find I don't mind Maybe you'll find Maybe you'll find I don't mind I don't mind I don't mind Hey, what's up? You're listening to 88.5 FM WCUG Lumpkin, Columbus.
Hey, you're listening to WCUG's Artist Interview Series, Standing Room Only. I'm your host, Riz, and to my right here, I've got... Show! Yeah, and today in the studio, we've got Nick Bentley. Hello! How are you doing today, Nick? I'm doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing good. You just played us a beautiful array of songs here. I'm sufficiently sweaty from it. <laughs> That's good. That means you did something right. <laughs> I try. <laughs> but I'm going to go ahead and throw my first question at you, Nick. So, can you tell us a little bit about some of your biggest influences when it comes to making music? maybe some things that you heard growing up that influences you now? Yeah, that's a great question, Riz. Uh, Wonderful question, actually. Um, (laughs) Thank you. So I'm influenced by by a lot of things, and that reflects um, the music that I uh, grew up listening to. My mom uh, very much taught me how to appreciate, like, being cognizant of what everything has to offer, right? Mm. So, like... Mm -hmm. The Smashing Pumpkins right up next to like Roy Orbison and, <laughs> you know, The Temptations. Yeah. and Talk and, about range. <laughs> oh, yes. And then back to like Nirvana and then a lot of um, a lot of like Dave Matthews band for some reason. Oh, but yeah. <laughs> but then as I got older and when I started writing songs, I was really influenced by like the sphere of like Americana and Roots music that has kind of had like a sort of a revival. So a lot of like Jason Isbell, um, people like Joe Pug and American Aquarium. Um and then even more recently, bands like Rainbow Kitten Surprise is a band oh, out of, yeah. Yeah, I love them. Yeah, out of yeah, North yeah. Carolina that mix like so much stuff together into one and it sounds amazing. Right. So you don't have to be kind of limited in that. And that's where I take a lot of my inspiration. But I'd say for lyrics, mm-hmm. it's Jason Isbell for sure. Right. Right yeah. at the top. Um, like. <laughs> I, I I've listened to him so much, um, and bands like the Mountain Goats for like the musical influence that very like indie lo-fi sound that's like almost like a craft at this yeah. point. To put so together. you really like to take a bunch of different elements and kind of mix them all together yes. and see what happens. The more that it kind of sounds like I recorded inside of a trash can, the more <laughs> the better. I like it. The better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I think that's something that's very evident. I mean, I so I wrote down the same question that Riz did. Inspirations question mark. I wrote down bands such as like the Weaker Thans, the Mountain Goats, who you just said, Pokey Lafarge. Um, I and love then, the Weaker Thans. Yeah, the Weaker Thans, I think, are absolutely amazing. And especially when you talk about that kind of mix of genres and songwriting and everything. And then one thing that I thought was amazing about your music is you talk about you have this Americana influence and there's this almost semi-religiosity that's kind of ingrained in it. And that's a very big part of the Americana kind of genre is speaking to that kind of, I don't know, invoking those kinds of things. Yeah. So I grew up um, pretty much my whole life down here and for the majority up until high school, which I think a lot of people put a lot of influence on um, kind of where you live in high school, but they ignore the fact that where you spend from the time you're an adolescent to eighth grade Mm. also has a big impact on you. And I spent a lot of time in uh, Mock, Georgia and Marion County. So like the sticks in the middle of nowhere, like the church that my grandmother used to take me to and my great grandmother used to take me to is like has a congregation of like 30 people. Like it's a very small church in a very small community. And so from a long, from like ever since I was super young, you know, my grandmother played um, a piano for the church. I'd always go to like Sunday school and then the Wednesday, whatever, you know, Wednesday service, you know? Um, and so like a lot of that stuff is really, um, kind of almost ingrained into me. Mm. And I would not consider myself a religious person, 
but I grapple with the idea of religion and the idea of God and, and stuff like that. And, and I think prior to this, I wrote a lot of songs that teenage boys write about, which is about like girls and love and mm. I'm so sad. But then as I kind of grew and I, I like almost matured, um, I wanted to deal with bigger things. Like, yeah. you know, rabbit hole is, is more about the extent, uh, existentialism of like life as a whole right. and like the, the downward spiral, but like realizing there is also like beauty in the struggle almost sometimes. Um, and then Red Roof Inn and a Gideon Bible uh, is, is just straight up about like, like I, I was driving home uh, with Darby, who's in the audience today. And I looked at her and I was like, you know what I really want to write about? I want to write about those Bibles that they leave in motel rooms for some reason. Yeah. <laughs> and, and that was it is I extrapolated a bunch of that and then projected a lot of my own ideas about that stuff onto it. Good you, question, show. You kind of queued up, teed up something that we had talked about in the pre-show. And mm-hmm. and you had kind of made this offhand comment that to you, song meaning is something that is not integral. Here we go. To, to what you're... To, <laughs> Please to kind explain. Of, yeah. So kind of what's your theory behind that? And, and I agree. I just kind of want to hear your piece. Okay. What I think about a song that I write um, does not matter as soon as I play it to a bunch of people. Mm. Um it, I do not believe that it is fair for me to tell you that what you think of my song is wrong. For example, um, just Rabbit Hole, for example. My takeaway from that song is I uh, could not sleep for several months. And so I would go uh, to the Circle K near our house um, at like three in the morning to load up on like sugar and energy drinks and Snickers bars. Um, and there I met a lady who got off of like third shift at the Burger King who had to walk to that circle K because she did not have enough money for gas. Mm. Um, who had just spent like, like 12 hours making biscuits because it was during like the period of time where, um, everyone had just kind of like quit, like the job shortage was at its peak. And, um, like she literally had like nothing but was the happiest person that I could ever mm. imagine being. And so that's what that song is about to me is the human experience of like meeting that lady. But if it's about like your struggle with your job or your depression or or, or you wanting to overcome something, who who am I to look at you and go like, actually, that's not <laughs> what the song is about okay. at all. Like that's why I believe like song – like proper, and I used quotation marks there, uh, proper song meaning is is ridiculous. And I don't care about it because it, it, it's yours. I want it to be yours. And I want you to connect with it. Because that means through some means of, of whatever, the universe, we are connected to each other by one song with two different meanings. That's fantastic. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what do you got, Riz? <laughs> Okay, so one song in particular and one line in particular from that song. I saw you jotting it, was, it down. Yeah. <laughs> so the song, The Man, that uh-huh. you were playing, there's a line that says, teach me how to love. And immediately I was like, that is extremely vulnerable for, I mean, obviously music is very vulnerable for in general. For a man. But no, <laughs> stop. <laughs> I mean, just that song, I wasn't expecting it. Um, but what made you feel called to create a song with that level of transparency in it? Um, that song uh, in particular... Um, to discuss, I guess, meaning is what mm-hmm. we're into now is I wrote that song. Um, it was the first real, I, I call it the real first real song I ever wrote. The mm-hmm. first one that I, that I wrote it. And then I looked at it and I was like, good, like that, that, this is a good song. Um, 
my grandmother was very sick. Um, and her and I in, it was basically like, um, she was sick and she was in the hospital and I panicked and I was like, I only, I know that, that she is going to pass. I need to, to ask her like as many questions as I can. Mm. I need to siphon this knowledge as, as quickly as I can. And that song is a, is like a distilled version of that, of the questions I had for her of, you know, I wrote it when I was like 18, 19, like right out of high school. I, I struggle with show and I have had uh, conversations mm-hmm. uh, about this before, but meaning and purpose and, and even like identity and things like that. Right. And that part, like teach, you know, teach me how to love is, is, is so much about like what I wanted to get from her. How do I love people unconditionally? How do I, how do I love my partner to the level that I had? Because her and my grandpa were married for over f- like 50 years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. They knew they got together as teenagers and like were together until she passed. Mm-hmm. Like it, like that love, how do I find that love? How do I find, you know, something that profound? Yes. Yeah. Who am I supposed to be? Like, please tell me, you know, where is it? Um, and also vulnerability is never something I, I shy away from in my songs. Even when I do character songs about um, people that aren't me per se, uh, that's still some level of like thought for myself that is in that song. Right. Um, you can't really, as an artist, I believe, really, truly, completely detach yourself from what you're singing about. Because even though we're writing about, like, like for example, if you if Johnny Cash wrote a song about shooting a man in Reno, you know, in Folsom Prison Blues, like... Johnny Cash is still in that song. He never killed a guy. Right. But like there's a piece of him that's in there. Right. You know? So so that's what that line is about. Is is just me wanting to ask the question of like, you know, um, how do I love? How do I how do I be? How do I exist? Yeah. Um, how do I go forward in the absence of her? You know, that's kind of what that song is about. So then do you find your songwriting being this, you know, every song that you write being a version of some distillation of some experience, some notion, some story that you want to tell? Yeah. Uh, whether it be about, um, like, my struggles with, like, pills at one point in my life or or, or trying to find out who I am. Because cause I think they're, uh, so for example, like the 90s with people like Kurt Cobain and Nirvana and Pearl Jam and the Smashing Pumpkins and, and um, like Alice in Chains. I think there was a level of like, I don't want you to understand me. I'm going to be mm. vague. Like, I don't, I don't want it. But I want you to. Yeah. <laughs> I, I need you to get me. And so that's what I'm putting in the, the, my questions about myself and who I am or what I'm putting in the songs that I want you to see songwriting for me is a very vulnerable thing. And I don't think there's any shame in that. You know, I don't, but I don't think there's any shame in writing a song that's not vulnerable. That's a song just about having a good time. There's no, there's not a problem with that. You know, I actually, I I've written this down that you, you tee this up perfectly. I would love to discuss your notion. Cause I, I would imagine if you were to categorize yourself, you would put yourself in the category of songwriter before like, Anything else. Rock star or something mm-hmm. like that. But as you said, there's sometimes there's music that is just music that's fun. You know, there's like yeah. club jams or something like that. How do you, you know, how do you circle that square when you think about you as a songwriter existing in a world where, you know, this kind of fun music is also a large part of the industry? How do you find your place to insert your vulnerability to let people hear what you have to say? I, I, that's a, 
Wow, that's, that's a really good question that I haven't thought about. Um, I guess I would say that I have resigned mm. the fact that I don't think any of my songs are going to be huge radio hits. Mm. Right? Like, they, I do not write um, songs uh, that are uh, really happy, uppity, like, you know, we're going to dance around and jump around to it. You know, if anything, um, you could headbang to it. I mean, you could headbang the rabbit <laughs> hole, right? Like, yes. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you can really get into it. It's got a really driving beat. Um, and I kind of just think the time for folk music on the radio or folk or Americana or whatever on any radio that isn't college radio or like a very specific station, mm. like uh, 107.3, for example, like the pop charts, the top 40. I think the time for that has kind of passed. And I think that passed back in like the 60s and 70s with the singer-songwriter folk music boom. Mm. And that's that's not... I'm not I'm not like downplaying that. I'm just saying that that the that time is past. There it is all in phase, mm. right? Um so I would say I'm more like alternative, like alternative country, Americana, roots music, and I'm fine with that. You know, I think there is always going to be a place for vulnerable music in the world. There's always going to be a place um, for music that is like honest and raw and experimental and, and something that, that attempts to reach out and touch the soul of a human being, right? The, the person of a human being. And I think that's where I fall and, and I'm okay with that. If I, if, if I can be super, if I can be successful and not have a top 40 hit, I, I think I could, I think I would retire happy. Like, <laughs> I think we also discussed this as well. There are some albums that push what we understand as music, and then there's some musicians who become the most famous musicians in the yes. world, and they're oftentimes different people. Yeah. I, well, the Violent Films, for example, like they pushed music in, in a lot of different ways, and a lot of my favorite bands, like the Mountain Goats especially, like love that music. You know what I'm saying? And, and I think artists that transcend and push are needed. Even if they may be underappreciated at the time, they will be appreciated later. Um, who's that band? Like the Ramones or something? It's like only four people. Only four people <laughs> ever heard. The, only four people ever heard the Ramones, but they all went to start like great bands, mm -hmm. and then later everyone went back and listened to them after the Ramones had had broken up. Um, so yeah, I think that would be my answer show <laughs> to that. So. Nick, <laughs> tell us a little bit yes, about Riz. <laughs> <laughs> how you got here today, not physically, but just, you know, how did you get started on this journey of putting yourself and your music out there? Oh, begin? yeah. Well, so how I got here was we got in a car. And, right, uh, right. Uh, no. Um, oh, man. Uh, <laughs> this is going to be a long story, but we got time. <laughs> uh, so I started going to this thing in high school when I just turned 18 called No Shame Theater here in Columbus. Right. I wanted to be a stand-up comic. I wanted to tell jokes. I wanted to be a ha-ha funny man because no that's <laughs> that's what everyone had kind of told me that I was good at for a long time was making people laugh. Um, and then one day I worked at uh, this company that shall not be named because um, I don't know if people listen to this radio station that work there and that would be weird. But I worked in the mailroom and the mailroom was really small. It was me and one other guy. He was an older guy. And I was in there one day. And I had stolen a Bluetooth speaker from the defunct CEO of the company. Um, we were clearing out his office, and I reclaimed uh, something that was company property. 
And uh, we, it never went home with me, but it was sitting there and I was playing and I was listening. And this, the guy came in and he had a guitar and I didn't know he played guitar, but apparently he had gotten this guitar from a friend of his. And um, I was like, man, you know, I always wanted to learn how to play guitar. And he was like, well, I'll make, I'll make you a deal. I will give this guitar to you for free. This is a nice guitar. This is like a $300 guitar. So it's yeah. a perfect starter guitar. I will give this guitar to you for free, but you you have to play it. Like you have to learn how to play it in order for this to be like an equivalent exchange. And so he taught me the basics of of like, you know, a G, a C, a D chord, right. mm. the stuff I use now. Uh, <laughs> and then I would take it, I took it home and I would just sit in my room and just play for hours and hours and hours and hours and all the while i was like well th this would be pretty funny if i took this up on stage and did like a couple bits with it so like oh. the, i got on stage with it and the first bit i ever did was i would pretend like i was going to play the guitar but i would not and i would back off mm. and that was great and then i learned half of one chord i learned the top two strings of a g chord and i had written something and i was like i'm gonna i'm gonna go perform it and it was not like a funny song, right? It, it was me getting up on stage and I was just going to sing about my feelings, which I'd been going for like two years at that point. People were not ready for that <laughs> at all in any way. And I got up there and I sang it and the response was not negative. The response, because at No Shame, there are two different claps. There are pity claps where like, we're so happy that you did this. And then there are like, wow, that was really good. I got a... Wow, that was that was better than I thought. That was the yeah. response that I got. And people told me, you didn't suck. And so <laughs> that went right to my head. I was like, right. I didn't suck. Like, Immediate okay. And so I was writing like a song a week. Bad songs, horrible songs. They were I would never um at all. And so I started the process of of reshaping who I was. Mm. And it that took five years. It took five years for people to forget that I was a stand-up comic and to people for people to realize that I was a singer-songwriter. And so that's where this journey had started. And I think the Fountain City Coffee Open Mic helped a lot with that. That's where I was doing stuff that wasn't no shame. I was a host of that. So at the end of the night, when everyone had gone home and we still had an hour left, I was just 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 smashing out you know, songs that I had written in five minutes trying to get better. Um, and I wrote the song that will live in infamy forever in my household, which is a song called Ambulance Chaser, which will <laughs> my 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 girlfriend is laughing right now. Uh, it's OK. <laughs> it was the first song that I wrote that somebody told me that kind of sounds like a real song. Almost. OK. <laughs> Progress. It'll never be recorded. It'll never be rewritten. It will just be an in joke for the rest of my life. But, OK. OK. But that's kind of where it was and it. And I was like, and I think just recently, like last year, I was like, you know what? I can do this. I've written enough good stuff and I know where I am now and I'm yeah. good enough that I can do it. And I ended up here at this radio station doing a live show. So I'm curious, uh, you know, you said you started as a comedian. Uh, was there any level of self-deprecation in your humor? Was oh, yeah. There... Oh, yeah. I'd make fun of myself a lot. A lot we, of fat jokes. <laughs> we talk about all the time how in humor, there's always this sense of truth. Yeah. And it's almost as if you started with that truth and built a joke around it. And now with yeah. your songwriting, it's kind of you're doing the opposite. You're like starting with the truth. And it started as this joke. Like, now Being you're building the song around it, in a sense. Yeah, I got to talk to the lead songwriter and lead singer of a, of a, one of my favorite bands that I mentioned, that I name-checked in my inspiration list, uh, BJ Barham mm -hmm. um, of American Aquarium. And he told me, 
I hijacked a VIP section, uh, <laughs> like experience. It was me <laughs> and four people, and I just took it over. It was, I was not going to let them ruin what it I was got. VIP, not VIPs. Yes, that's the important part. I am the important person. Um, but he told me there is there is a level of truth in songwriting that cannot be told. If you are too vulnerable, it works against the song. When you are too in the nitty gritty and too like openly honest and forthcoming and aggressive, it can turn a lot of people off. You want that balance of the truth masked in metaphor enough that people can project themselves onto. Mm. Does that make sense? Mm -hmm. Like if I start singing songs about my experiences on a granular level, nobody, nobody's going to be able to relate to that in any way because it's so specific to me. Um, and, and so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of what it is, is I work backwards a lot of times. Mm. I, I think about like, well, what do I know to be true? Okay. Well, how can I put that into a song? What metaphors work with it? And are we being, a, cause I'm not saying every song has to portray the writer as a bad, as a, uh, as a good person, mm. right? There are songs about bad people, you know, and that's just the truth. And those songs aren't bad, but, when there's just no padding, when, when you're just getting bare knuckle punched, yeah. like it's it's rough, and I don't want to listen to a song like that. So yeah, there's an element of truth that I have to mask. Whereas mm. in stand up, I think we've talked about this. It's a lot about giving people permission to laugh a lot yeah. of times. Okay, you know? and that's I will, I'm giving them permission to cry. Okay, so <laughs> I'm really curious then. Um, a lot of your songwriting is a form of story. I, th I think you have this incredible... I'm a balladeer. Yeah, I have the, you have this incredible way of building a visual as before... It's kind of you set the scene in your first verse and then you kind of go into the subject matter, really go into the meat of what it is. Yeah. I'm curious, how important is, is it for you to kind of like create this space that your listeners are in? I... It's important... It's very important to me because uh, I am a very visual person. So if I can get you to uh, go on like almost like a mental journey as we are traversing whatever song it is, that's important because mm. I think um, uh, like painting pictures with words is a is a is something that I care a lot about, and a lot of my favorite songs do. You know, um, I mean the best ever death metal band out of Denton, like you by the mountain goats it, i can imagine what that looks like and i can imagine two dudes in the room like, mm -hmm. like playing guitars and going like yeah we got this like we're gonna rock you right. know what i'm saying and 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 all that stuff and so if i can set a scene it makes it so much easier for you to traverse it right like imagine if i was trying to do a a, a, a 10 minute ballad but you had no visuals to hold on to mm. you know i was just describing like vague ideas <laughs> it's, it's almost like you oscillate between this idea of building a building a scene and then finding that introspection within it. Yes. And it's almost as if without that building of the scene, the introspection means nothing. Yeah. Cause I, I and I think um, what I take inspiration from in that sense is I love like theatrical vignettes. Mm. I like like anthology work, you know, like stuff that, that comes in and, and just, just hits you right in the gut really hard with like short, powerful visual metaphor or, you know, uh, ideas and then gets out. 
Um, I used to be like a four or five minute song kind of writer. Right. And then I realized, A, I can't remember all those words. <laughs> uh, <laughs> B, sometimes people tune out. That's mm-hmm. not, that's, you know, and that's not, I don't blame them. Like <laughs> at some point, if, you know, with me, I, I'm not a, I'm not a chops guy. I'm not a shredding, mm-hmm. shredding, mm-hmm. you know, four part guitar kind of guy. So like hearing the same four chords over and over again for five minutes can get a little exhausting. So I try to get in and out as much as possible while telling a story, while visually impacting you. So you have that thing to hold on to, you know? Okay. I wanted to let you know off of this set, I'm going to ask Riz too, but my favorite song off of this was Chicago off of your set. I was really impressed. Uh, You have this kind of juxtaposition between loud songs and soft songs. And I think that both are very vulnerable, but when you project yourself through softer music, there's almost this challenge for you, I feel like, as a musician yeah. to find that heart more so than to show the heart, yeah. in a sense. And so I was curious, kind of, um, you said Chicago is a newer song. Yes. And so do you find yourself you know, leaning towards this space where you're trying to, what is it, show instead of tell, in a sense? Yeah, yeah. Um... So Chicago is a newer song. Chicago is a song for me that is very different um, because I am not really used to singing like that. Yeah, I'm not really used to my voice being so upfront. I mean, mm-hmm. we've talked about this when we've kind of listened to some of my other songs. My voice ends up kind of being buried a lot of the time mm-hmm. um, because sometimes I feel like my voice doesn't sound as great. I mean, I know people said it's, it's not a problem. Like my voice isn't horrible or anything, but I'm scared to let that be the front person. I mm. love the smashing pumpkins, but Billy Corgan has no right to sing like that and put his <laughs> voice at the top of the mix. You know right. what I'm saying? Just have some, some dignity and humility, but yeah, I was talking to a couple of my friends and I was like, I think I'm going to make this turn and I'm just going to go all like rock like mm. loud rock songs, you know, cause I'm kind of into that. Like Jason Isbold does that. He has softer songs, but he's a very, uh, he would consider himself in a rock band, right. you know, cause he uses a lot of electric guitar. And I was like, I'm going to do that. And then they were like, no, like you can't, you can't do that. Like, cause it was right after Chicago. And they're like, that means that songs like that disappear. That, that means that they go away. Mm. You could do loud rocket songs, but you got to keep the soft ones. And I, so I think in those spaces, that's what I'm trying to overcome. Like you said, the show part, because I can't, because I can't hide behind anything because it's finger picking. It's, it's, you know, soft, gentle. Mm-hmm. I can't do what I do in rabbit hole where like I let the, the like harsh, like riff mm-hmm. kind of do most of the work. Um, I forgot what we were talking about exactly, but um, <laughs> I think the main idea that I'm trying to get at is uh, I agree. Good. I'm glad. <laughs> what was your favorite song, Riz? I would say it's between Rabbit Hole and Cassandra. Of course. Cassandra, because it the lyrics surprised me a little bit. I was like, I was Oh, that listening. was the radio edit. Go yeah. listen <laughs> on Nick Bentley's Spotify for the unedited version of that song. I was just kind of listening, and then you got like kind of to the chorus like mm-hmm. a little bit before that, and my, my ears perked, and I was like, huh? Uh-huh. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. Yeah. But yeah, I really liked that one too. But I also had another question for you. Of course. Um, going back to kind of coming to terms with the fact that you make vulnerable music and stuff mm-hmm. like that. Was it ever challenging for you to play any music for friends or family? Like, were you, did you have any yeah, hesitation I, with that? I don't 
most of the time. Yeah. Uh, because I'm not that I'm afraid of repercussions, but I'm afraid of having to be honest with what I'm writing about with them. Cause mm. that like asking questions. Yes. Okay. Well, cause okay. Imagine for a second, you're, <laughs> you're, uh, you hear a song written by your kid in which one of the main lines is like, you know, Chicago doesn't care about the cuts on your arm. She doesn't shield you from harm. What, are, you know, how do you go about that? Right. Like, right. Hey son, how do you know what that, what do you <laughs> yeah. that means? Um, without, uh, without it being unnecessarily ugly in like such a, a raw, raw way. Yes, yeah. yeah. A raw way. Cause there's no way to talk about that. You know, um, honestly, right. or in songs like Cassandra, when I'm talking about, um, uh, like an affair of sorts, you know, uh, that song in particular went through like five rewrites like that. That was, wow. yeah, it was like a big long ballad and then it was like super short and then it was what caused uh, all the changes. Do you think the, the too much specificity? Uh, I did not want whoever was going to hear this song because that song is written about someone, not mm. someone named Cassandra. But I did not want if they ever heard that song to immediately recognize that it was about them uh, because I was a little scared um, at the time. Um, but I think the vagueness works um, because I didn't. You don't want to start writing something and then look at it and go, yeah, but did that really happen? Like. Kind of that. on the extremes of either side. Yes. Yeah. Mm. I did not want it to end up being a, okay, well, that didn't really happen, but, and, you know, I, I embellished or something like that. And that's okay sometimes, but it was getting to the point where I was like, we're just weaving some weird narrative right now about mm -hmm. a real life mm -hmm. event. And I think the real life event by itself is good enough, yeah. you know? Um, but no, I think I've always strived for intimacy in my songs. I don't, I don't, I'm not, um, I've never been scared to be vulnerable. Um, yeah. you know, show knows that like just from knowing me for mm -hmm. a little while and, and your best friends. Yeah. We're best friends, <laughs> best friends, best friends. The show must go on. Foo fighters. Foo fighters. <laughs> Nick Bentley. Nick Bentley. <laughs> um, so, uh, you're listening to 88.5 FM WCUG's artist interview series presents standing room only, uh, with Nick Bentley, our yes. artist in the studio. That's me. We've got our host Riz and hey. I'm show. Um, we're kind of closing up a little bit. I'm going to kind of go to a little bit of a lightning round Awesome. where, uh, I'm just going to ask you some random questions. Uh, feel free to step in whenever you want Riz. Okay. Um, I thought of this on the way here and I kind of thought maybe you would have an interesting answer to this. Where's the worst place to have a birthday? Do you think like oh. a birthday party? The worst place to have a birthday oh, party. Yeah. Uh, okay, so this is going to be very specific. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese between the years of 2005 and 2007. <laughs> oh my, I just got vivid flashbacks. Yes, those specific that gap 2005 to 2007 is the worst period of Chuck E. Cheese. Okay, but the best pizza though. Okay, yes, but <laughs> imagine. So are we older? Are we like our age? Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah no, 2005 to 2007 Chuck E. Cheese. <laughs> Why so? Why so? I feel like it was just at the worst point in animatronics and the worst, like when they just didn't care at all between 2005 to 2007. Like, Slowly breaking down. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Before they had the revival with revealing the full name of Chester Entertainment Cheese to the world. I had know? no idea. <laughs> That's really what Chuck E. Cheese, Chester Entertainment yeah, Cheese. Right okay. before they, t right before they made the switch to like, like full kid friendly when it was kind of still like this is like 
you know, a place for your kids and the adults can have fun too. Mm -hmm. And then it was the worst. It was awful. (laughs) What do you have? So it's actually a question from our class the other day that uh, gets. So what's something that you do by yourself that you've never told anyone else about? Like something really weird. Mine was that I pet sit. So I talk to people's pets like they're they're full on humans, but Um, that I do by myself. Uh Um, when Darby is not home, I I fight the cats. I'm I'm sorry. As yeah. in like full on. <laughs> as in like we're gonna wrestle. Like I'm yes. gonna wrestle my fat little my fat little children. In and the you're movie. like on the ground. Yeah, I'm on the ground and I like push them over and I like won't let her get <laughs> I won't let her get up. You know, and it's she's like, like WWE. Uh huh. In your yeah. living room. Well, I threatened to fight her this morning. She was tearing up the blinds and I said, "Put them up." And she went round. And I was like, "Okay." <laughs> she's ready. All right. Um, so, would you rather have visual art or written art? Mm, I'm a big movie guy. Mm. That's the problem. Visual, because I wanted to make movies before this too. That was okay. going to be my big art thing. It's kind of how I got into the comm department at CSU. So, yeah. Visual, because well, I think the the like. The immediateness of a visual is, is just more impactful. Okay. Yeah. I've got a would you rather. Would you rather listen to your favorite song on repeat for the rest of your life or never hear music again? A uh, favorite song on repeat for the rest of my life because I already kind of do that. What, <laughs> what, what, song? what song? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I have listened to... Oh, God. Uh, I I can't pronounce the name. Uh, Palm... It's, it's a second song... Off of "They Shall All Be Healed by the Mountain Goats," and it's a foreign name, Palm ah. Palmcore Yaja or something like that. I listen to that song all the time. So yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, last question is: uh-huh. uh, What radio station do you listen to? Oh, eighty-eight point five FM WCUG Cougar Radio Columbus Auburn. Um, <laughs> yeah, you right? gotta make the cougar noise to complete it. Wow! <laughs> did, did you know that cougars actually cannot roar? No, they can't. They, they can only yeah. meow. So it's like a really aggressive meow. Yeah, very aggressive Death meow. Mittens on the. <laughs> <laughs> is there anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here, Nick? Uh, no, but if you want to hear any of my music or come see me live, I play at Trevioli's on the Riverfront. My next show is going to be uh, in two weeks on Saturday uh, from 6 to 8 p.m. I do my own music. I do covers. Uh, if you want to listen to any of the songs that you heard tonight n- or today, namely um, The Man, Cassandra, uh, and Wake Up the Cancer, you can listen to that on Spotify, Apple Music, Amazon Music, wherever you stream your music under Nick Bentley on the 208 EP and you can stream rabbit hole now. All right. Fantastic. So thank you so much for listening to WCG's artist interviews, standing room only. I'm, 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 I've, are you I've, are, I've, I've I am, <laughs> I've been your host show. I've got Riz with me. Hey-o. And thank you so much, Nick Bentley for being in here. No problem. It was a lot of fun guys. I'm glad you had fun. Thanks, I did. Nick. If you can, please check out Nick Bentley, wherever music is streamed, follow us on WCUG Cougar radio on Instagram. And thank you to Dr. Getz and to Dana Gibson for letting us air this show. Um, I guess we'll be back sometime next week. At some point, I'm with sure. Iridium. At some point, with Iridium coming up. Hey. Oh, yeah. uh, Christian, if you're listening, we're coming for you. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the show. We'll be back next time. Woo! Bye. Bye.